to What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast, hosted by me, Fiona. This week, I'm joined by my friends Evelyn and Lucy for Fate Accelerated, an RPG based on the Fudge gaming system published by Evil Hat Productions. Accelerated, or FAE, is a condensed streamlined version of the popular Fate Core system, developed by game designers Clark Valentine, Leonard Becerra, Fred Hicks, Mike Olson, and Amanda Valentine. FAE brings all the flexibility and power of the Fate Core system in an easy, digestible, and quickly read package, perfect for first-time players. As FAE has no fixed campaign setting or genre, it allows the game master and the players to set up and create stories in any setting they choose, whether it is a world based on their favourite book, film or TV show, or even a world of their own creation. If you want to find out more about the Fate Accelerated system and download a ton of additional FAE resources, check out the Fate Downloads page on the Evil Hat Productions website. That's www.evilhat.com forward slash home forward slash fate F-A-T-E dash core dash downloads. Whilst FAE resources are freely available under an open gaming license and a Creative Commons 3.0 license, Evil Hat Productions does have a pay what you want option. So if you want to own your own copy, do consider giving some money towards it. I'll put a link to it on the What Am I Rolling website and in this episode's show notes. So here's an incredibly brief overview about how FAE works. In FAE, players use six-sided fate dice, which, instead of numbers, have plus and minus symbols on them. When a player attempts an action, they will start with a skill number assigned from one of their approaches, and then use fate dice to add or subtract from that number to get a total. This total is then compared to the ladder, a table of adjectives and numbers which determines a character's approach, or the outcome of a role, or difficulty ratings with simple checks, and so on. This ladder ranges from Terrible, minus 2, to Legendary, which is a plus 8. Basically, the higher the result a player gets, the more likely they are to succeed on an action. One of the central concepts of FAE is Aspects. Aspects are phrases or tags which describe something noteworthy or important about whatever it is they are attached to. These can be things like a personality quirk of an NPC, the weather conditions of a location, a motto a player's character lives by, Literally anything you can think of can be an aspect or have aspects attached to it. Aspects allow players to change the story in ways which ties in with their character's tendencies, skills or problems, as well as establish facts about the scene or general setting. Each character will have a couple of aspects, including a high concept, a phrase which neatly summarises who that character is, and a trouble, something which always gets that character into trouble. Once a character's aspects have been decided, the player will then assign bonuses for their character's approaches. Approaches are descriptions about how the character accomplishes tasks, and in FAE, everyone has the same six approaches. They are careful, clever, flashy, forceful, quick, and sneaky. Each approach is rated with a bonus. Players must assign one good bonus, which is a plus three, two fair bonuses, plus two, two average bonuses, plus one, and one mediocre bonus, plus zero. Players also get to choose a stunt, which is a special trait that changes the way an approach works for their character. In short, stunts give characters almost always plus two to a certain approach when used with a particular action under a specific circumstance. As I said earlier, aspects are phrases which describe a character or scene and modify the roles. On the whole, aspects are controlled by the players except in situations where the game master uses them in a compel. 
a game master will compel an aspect to complicate things for the players in the story. If a compel is accepted, this earns the player a fate point. Fate points can be spent to re-roll dice, add bonuses, refuse a compel from the game master and a number of other things. In short, they're very useful to have around. I don't want to get too bogged down in how to play FAE as I couldn't do it justice in the time we have. If you want to learn more about the system and run your own FAE campaign, you can download a ton of additional FAE resources. Check out the downloads page on the Evil Hat Productions website. That's www.evilhat.com forward slash home forward slash fate F-A-T-E dash core dash downloads. Again, whilst FAE resources are freely available under the Open Gaming License and a Creative Commons 3.0 license, there is a pay-what-you-want option, so do consider giving some money. One last thing before we begin. Naturally, there are times in this one-shot where the players and myself, mostly myself, get the rules wrong or forget something plot-wise, or even, say, forget to use aspects towards the end of the one-shot. Whilst we always endeavour to stick to the rules wherever possible, at the end of the day, we all make mistakes, and what matters most is that everyone enjoys themselves. And with all that out of the way, let's begin our story. So with Fate, when we start off with our characters, there's these things called aspects. And aspects are like character aspects, so it's something that defines you, or you have a trouble aspect, which is your weakness, and then some other aspects which we can make up on the spot. So why don't we go with you first, Evelyn? So what's your, what's your character idea that we can put together? Okay, so her... Normal day-to-day name is Kindred Williams. Kindred Williams, and yeah. from that... I was going to be called somebody Williams. <laughs> really? Like, it's really not my thing, but that's fine. You got it first. <laughs> and uh, so from that, I thought that her nickname would be Dread. And then, so I thought of sort of dreading things. And I thought that her power could be that she is able to see essentially the butterfly effect of any different decision that she's about to make. Mm-hmm. So, cool so essentially, she it would be really cool because she could just choose what to do that would give the best outcome for her in life. Mm-hmm. However, the sheer volume of decisions gives her insane anxiety and so she ends up either like just picking completely the wrong one or just being frozen with overwhelmed with it hence the dread so amazing uh, yeah I thought that we could do that but then I don't know how it would work out no that 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 sounds really good so in in terms of the butterfly effect then is it something that she can foresee within the next two minutes or something like that or is it like longer term than that or is it like it's like instant decisions so like she's going to get a Starbucks and it's like uh, you know yeah I think it would be fairly instantaneous so if you took the Starbucks example she'd be there like okay if I get this strawberry milkshake then you know I'm like I'll turn around and somebody next to me will say oh I love those and we'll have a great conversation but she's just so overwhelmed by the fact that maybe if she gets a coffee she'll spill it on somebody or like if she gets yeah. Something else. It'll something else. Yeah. Will so it, if she ends up going like coffee, and she knows she's going to spill it on somebody, but she can't. Yeah. She just can't help. Yeah. Herself. So it's not not so like uh, you foresee the end of the world and not how to get it. It's like little. It's maybe not big decisions, but it's like stuff that's literally about to happen to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like that. So what you can do then for your high concept, which is sort of summarizing your character in one, is that you foresee the outcomes of your next decision within like the next five minutes, we'll say. Okay. So that would be your sort of superpower, and then your trouble, which is sort of your weakness element of it, would be that the choice of consequences gives you crippling anxiety, and mm-hmm. you might be undecided what to do. Mm-hmm. 
So Lucy, what's your what's your ideas then? For your okay, so inspired by playing Injustice last night, I was like, I want my character was going to be called Bethany Williams, but now she'll be called Bethany something else. <laughs> so we we'll get some names later. That's fine. That's fine. And she has an adaptation of like sonic boom abilities, uh-huh. but unfortunately is allergic to at least to every kind of tree on the planet, or at least enough to last the whole year round. <laughs> so has awful ongoing hay fever and spends her life sonic sneezing rather than sonic booming. Um, She gained this power uh, by trying to buy weed in an online chat room, exciting sounding strain called Sonic Boom, but then it turned out to be a cultist ritual and Mm. she was much too socially awkward to do anything (laughs) and just went along with it. So she is defined by her... um, she has strong performance anxiety mm-hmm. of being asked to boom on, on like <laughs> yeah. If somebody asks her to boom, then it will never happen. Right. But she'll just sneeze her way through a wall another time. So her life is defined by being socially um, yeah too too yeah. awkward to speak up. Excellent. Okay. So I like I like the idea of having like the awkward like inappropriate moments when you mm. use power activates. So again, so your high concept is having this sonic ability mm-hmm. but your sort of trouble is that it just happens when you because of this hay yes. fever and allergies so if you write that down in your, your yours is there, better but no, I don't no, know what to do yeah I, I love it. that okay I'd say for now you could come up with one other aspect so the aspects you'll have at least five but when we're starting off it's good to have so your high concept and your trouble and then maybe one more and then as we go along you might want to add another one during the session because you've talked about like your origin story mm. And that you've got some sort of social anxiety. But is there anything like, maybe do you have an arch nemesis in this, the superhero world yet? Maybe my origin yeah. story could sort of meld with yours. And like, I was thinking, so like, I was thinking like, where, where's a place that you can make, you have to make a, a decision of where there's loads of different things. And I thought about in Baskin Robbins, there's 31 flavors of ice cream. Uh-huh. So maybe I was like in the ice cream shop and I was sort of like, prevaricating over the flavours and like just generally always had an issue with being able to choose mm-hmm. and then like I don't know maybe you came in wanting some ice cream and Sonic sneezed <laughs> and you both realised my god <laughs> and I was like oh I knew that was going to happen and I uh, yes there you go so I guess you guys could have if you write it down sort of like the bonding sort of relationship of Baskin and Robbins or something <laughs> like that interesting the next thing is your name and what you look like so we'll go with you first Evelyn. so you said it was Williams was your last name yeah um I sort of I didn't really I didn't really picture her as anything sort of more than just as like an extension of of my character so I thought maybe she would be like slighter so like quite small and slight Mm -hmm. sort of wants to shrink back from the world and therefore Mm -hmm. like makes herself as small as possible um, and doesn't try too much to stand out for fear of somebody calling on her to ask her so she she sort of looks like you as you are now Um, but shorter taller so I guess like short and slight probably a bit more towards like tan maybe she has some uh, different ethnic mix and then sort of bright eyes to do with sort of future seeing I guess that's a trope but yeah so like so so while she tries to shrink back she's actually quite unique looking with the contrast of her slightly darker skin with her light eyes and um, yeah so she tries not to stand out I think that works I think that works quite well yeah so someone that you wouldn't stand out necessarily from the crowd but then you meet eyes with someone and they notice like some I don't know like bright clear Mm. irises and it gets their attention yeah and what was your full name again 
So. Uh, Kindred Williams. And then, aka Dread. Yeah. What about you, Lucy? I was going to be a female, but beyond that, the only thing visually would be the constant like streaming red nose like like a like a kind of nickname of being like Rudolph or something if that would be the constant thing I think that she would maybe try and dress as boring and not obviously as possible to mm-hmm. escape any and all awkward occasions such as Baskin Robbins mm-hmm. when <laughs> as and when they would occur so I like the idea of you having like quite long suits but then lots of yeah, tissues yeah lots of tissues <laughs> and, and like running uh, or constantly being asked if you're okay because you look like you're crying like yeah. that kind of that is her life so she is just tired of every she dreads every interaction <laughs> because she's sure that it's, it's going to go negatively in some way and so would rather just not bother which is how she got the powers in the first place yes. was by not saying I thought that I was here for something else and something weird is yeah. going on so just nice, that's, nice. what would you say is your in real life name then? oh god um, well if it's not Bethany Williams it will be Bethany Rostrum. <laughs> that's fine and what would you say is your superhero name then oh I worked this out yeah my superhero name is but let me check because yeah. I can't remember what no, it was go for I it, was go doing it. a pun on Black Canary um, on the basis <laughs> that where is it here okay so I was going to go for a purple thrush on the basis that thrushes are the most boring common bird yeah. in the entirety of Britain yeah and that she or a particularly bad yeast infection <laughs> or so yeah, it, it, it can just be yeah. Purple thrust, a, a thrush and a, dread. A, I like a it. Purple thrush. Perfect. No, that's absolutely great. Okay, so now we do something called choosing your approaches. So you see it on your sheet here. Mm-hmm. You've got six of them. Mm-hmm. So that's careful, clever, flashy, forceful, quick, and sneaky. Your highest one will be a plus three, mm-hmm. uh, and then you'll have two at fair, which is plus two, two at average, which is plus one, and then one at mediocre, which is plus zero. This is how you define your stats. So would you say that you know? Are you a careful kind of character? Are you clever? So you should have an idea because you've had a bit of a think about what mm-hmm. you are. So. Right. Mm-hmm. So have to have a talk through. What do you think? Yeah, well, I would say that Dreg would definitely put her highest as sneaky mm-hmm. just because she's so used to trying to shrink back into the background so she doesn't have to make a decision, whereas... I assume that Beth wouldn't be very good at sneaking around because she just needs to sneeze. Sneeze at the end of All right, yeah. so, yeah, so that would be a plus three for sneaky view. Um, but, well, that would be one of my lowest. So, so do you want to go for a zero then? Yeah, mediocre. zero is Perfect. sneaky. But I would say, don't think I'm very clever either. I think that no. might be my other zero. No, you've only got one zero. So oh, I've only got one zero. So, so yeah. it's clever one then. So, so you can clever. have. So yeah, you've got a, your your one good is a plus three. So you've got two fair, which is plus two, and yeah. then two average, which is plus one. So if you want to be like just plus one clever, then that's fine as well. Yeah, I'm not the brightest spark. Okay. What about you, Evelyn? What I you? would say that given that Dread has like a cognitive ability in terms of future seeing, I would imagine that it would follow that she would be at least fairly clever. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that would be a plus two for you then, yep. But also quite careful, I guess. Like, I don't feel that, like she's flashy or forceful or like, and quick would really like not play into her 
prevaricating nature. Mm. So I guess careful would be the other one that she would be. Whereas I think I wouldn't be careful. I feel like Beth is the kind of person to always be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. Kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, so so you've used up two of your Mm -hmm. average ones. Yeah. So in terms of, uh, you were saying before, you weren't sure about like being quick. I'm just reading them here. So careful is like uh, you're paying close attention to detail to do your job right. So it could be like aiming something or standing watch, you know, taking perception or disarming something. So it could be anything. These are very generic mm-hmm. sort of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, clever, obviously, to think fast, solve problems, uh, account for complex variables. Flashy is to draw attention to you. It's mm-hmm. full of style and panache. Mm-hmm. Forceful isn't subtle. It's sort of brute strength in a way. Or it's something like, you know, you do it with power. Quick is obviously requires you to move quickly and with dexterity, so like dodging, getting the first punch in, disarming a bomb that's ticking down. Okay. Uh, and sneaky is an emphasis on misdirection or stealth or deceit. So, so because... I'm going to put a zero as flashy because okay. I just don't think she'd be very good at that. No. But then And then I've got two plus ones left, right? So it's yes. forceful and quick would be my Excellent. plus ones. Mm-hmm. All right, and what about you, Lucy? I'm trying to think which one is going to be... I'd say, because your sonic sneezing because mm. it's unexpected but it's such a force I think that's yeah, that will yeah. be my your plus three I think my biggest will be that, that and then the others, so. plus two yeah because I think flashy again would be like it, it, it would be very it draws, it, it draws attention attention grabbing but I think she would subsequently be quick to get the fuck out of there yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah and that's actually together. quite nice because then Dredd and uh, mm. Beth yeah each other. exactly there's a thing called a stunt mm-hmm. which you've got a box for there we don't have to decide them now but it's basically a it's something that only you can do in a particular situation that would add a modifier to your uh, thing so for example let me see what i've got on here uh there's sort of tricks maneuvers and techniques for your character that has change in how it works for them so you could say uh because i am a smooth talker i get plus two when i sneakily creates some advantage when i'm talking to someone so it'll be stuff like that okay. um so you could either say like because of this i get XYZ and then the other kind is that because I am well connected once per game session I can find an ally you know within the session so we can leave that till I can suggest stuff whilst we're playing but it's something to keep in mind that you'll always you'll have one Mm-hmm. So, so I'll go for, I'll go through it when we're doing it, but it's just to let you know. Yeah, I would imagine that there's probably sort of kindred, although she wouldn't actively approach people, mm-hmm. she'd, she's probably helped people out in certain situations, mm-hmm. like because she can see the butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. I assume she can see it for herself and for others that are oh, about okay. to do Yeah, She could probably give people a nudge in the mm-hmm. right direction, like because she, it's overwhelming for herself, mm-hmm. but it's probably easier for her to be like, okay, if you do this, this will happen. But if you do that, that will happen. So, it will yeah. probably help her. It'll probably have people sort of in her favour in that, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, that one time you told her not to buy that egg dish because you knew <laughs> the bottom was going to fall out. Yeah. And then it fell out onto someone else and I had an interview that day. So, mm. like, thank you. So because of the butterfly effect, once per game session, I can help an ally prevent something and add plus two to their role. Yeah, that would make sense. So, yeah, so put that down then. So how much? Plus two? Yeah, I'd say plus two. Everything's usually about plus two in this. Okay, I was thinking that the spontaneous sonic sneezing Mm -hmm. might occasionally actually be like an intimidation thing that occasionally mm-hmm. it works out in Beth's favour mm-hmm. that somebody's like you're a bit of a wild card mm-hmm. and let's let's sort this out before you sonic boom and destroy my whole shop and she's <laughs> like I will only leave if you do this thing mm-hmm. and then so that that yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> I feel very new to this <laughs> no 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 that's fine that's fine so 
so because I use my sonic boom, I'll get a plus two whenever I flashively uh, create an advantage when we're about to uh, attack, I guess, or about to about to do a distraction, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll go into what advantages and stuff mean in a second. Mm-hmm. But in this game, in Fate, you can use your stunt three times for free. Mm-hmm. Apart from yours, because in this session, it's once per session. Yeah. So if you're using it for the fourth time, you have to spend what we call a fate point oh. uh, to use it. What's good with fate points is that there'll be certain aspects we'll draw up with the situations and stuff, and you want to invoke them, which means you'll use them to add something to your role. But in order to do that, depending on what kind of aspect of it is, uh, you might need to pay a fate point for that. Okay. Alternatively, I might say, okay, there is a battle going on, or something's happened, and I'm going to compel an aspect on you. Mm. For example, you might have fallen from a great height and you've twisted your ankle. So I will write that out and say, I'm compelling you to take this aspect. And if you take it, you'll get a fate point with mm. it. If you don't take it, you have to pay me a fate point. Mm. So it's just it adds to your difficulty in a way, but that's how you get fate points back. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a lot of fate, if not like... I go into the room, what do I see? It's more me asking you questions about what do you see. Okay. And then that's how we create sort of aspects. But feel free to make up stuff. Yeah. If it's something that's deliberately like, and there's a giant robot, so I'll be like, <laughs> no. <laughs> but, I, but I think you guys will be sort of sensible. So if I ask you like, so what does this person look like? Or who's your best friend in here? Or who's your, you know, that sort of questions, you, sh- you can come up with stuff and, and I can write it down and then okay. we'll use it as we go on. You are superheroes and you currently have jobs at the London Superhero Bureau or LSB mm-hmm. uh, in central London. How you got the jobs, we'll go into in a second, but... Due to the nature of your powers, you are not the A-team. You are not superheroes that are sent out into the field regularly. You, if anything, you're sort of reserved, standby, but you come into the office anyway and you, you hot desk and you sort of do whatever roles you have been assigned to. For the first question, what do you guys do at the LSB? Oh, I actually know this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dredd is a superhero coordinator. Yeah. Much like a flight coordinator, mm-hmm. she wears a headset, and when they get reports of like trouble going on, she's the one who, who coordinates which superhero should go where. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes she gets in trouble though because she's a bit worked up by what should be happening, and maybe she sends the wrong hero to the wrong place but mm. I think through she got the job through some family connection and as right. such she's pretty much unfireable even though she's not great at what she does mm-hmm. um, and yeah I mean they thought that her powers would lend themselves to the coordination role but as it, as it turns out she's pretty rubbish I, said, I guess it was still to be 50-50 like, cause you can predict stuff mm. and you're like there's a giant fire there maybe I'll send yeah. the superheroes with water and then it's something else because of that small yeah, change I think because it's not her then she's better at it than yeah. she would normal, like she would be if it was like she was trying to dispatch herself mm-hmm. but I think she's if there's a few too many calls coming in like she might get a little right. bit overwhelmed with and the sort of priority of, of what's most urgent and stuff. Yeah. What about you, Lucy? Okay, so Beth is like a paralegal in the organisation. Mm-hmm. So she compiles reports on like structural damage or or upsets or all of the things that go wrong because superheroes have done a thing. You know, like they're like C 
Superman saved the day, but 5,000 people were stuck on the M25 and didn't get three hours on their Friday afternoon on Easter weekend because of the... So she doesn't ever... She's not as senior as, like, actually interacting with the proper, like, media outlet. She's never... Her face is never seen. She always wants to avoid actually doing the thing, but she's very happy to work just from desk or at home and be on the phone because then she can mute and have a sneeze in the other direction. <laughs> so so uh, she enjoys her job but has no current aspirations to progress because mm-hmm. she doesn't think she can do the job above any better and likes the one that she That's does. That's brilliant. I like the idea that you've got your own cubicle but it's like another <laughs> of people but you've got your own sonic boom so it's yeah, contained. Yeah, so it's like every time she wants to sneeze she turns specifically to the one sign so that it doesn't break anything. <laughs> and, then, and then there'll be like a peak time of the year when there's another type of pollen and that's when she'll take her <laughs> annual leave and not be in West or something. Or go out to sort of this countryside exactly. and you say actually... Or go to Antarctica where there is no pollen. Like, <laughs> enjoys holidaying in cool Penguins climate. are just... Yeah. So, yes. Excellent. No, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so what... Describe like a typical day for you guys. Describe a typical Wednesday. Um, so Dred has her like classic route to work which she doesn't deviate from so that she doesn't have to make any decisions she always goes to platform 10 Mm -hmm. she always gets one specific train to one specific place if she gets coffee in the morning she knows her order and she doesn't deviate from it Mm -hmm. even sometimes she gets a little bit of panic because you know there might be like a new honey blossom frappuccino that looks really good (laughs) she's just worried about the consequences so she always gets the same order every time and tries to just not deviate from her path as much as possible so Mm -hmm. that she isn't put in a position where she has to make any choices Mm -hmm. and uh, she gets in I think she's fairly quiet I don't think she's disliked at all I think but I think she sort of keeps a low profile in the office Mm -hmm. because even talking to people, she's like, what if somebody asked me about my weekend? And and, mm. and mm. I know that if I say that I watched this particular Netflix show, then they'll really like it and want to talk to me about it. But actually, like, they really hate politics and I'll accidentally tell them that I voted for Trump over the weekend, like, <laughs> even though I didn't. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think she keeps a fairly low profile and mm-hmm. um, just keeps herself to herself. But um, I think... Probably, I would like to think that she and Beth are friends, and they like to keep a low profile together. So mm. that's not like yeah, I think that makes sense. sneezing on people at lunch, like they have their own spot. Yeah, she tries to keep it low key. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, she yes, has yeah. It. that makes sense. And so you sort of get in always at the same time, like five to nine or a quarter to nine, and then you just go go to the thing. You're probably the only person that's sort of in charge of the superheroes. Maybe you get one or two sort of assistants, maybe uh, people that don't have superpowers, but they always have to have a, someone with a superhero tendency to be in the not higher roles, but in charge of something. So that's why you mm-hmm. are there. Do you have this point? But you might have one or two assistants who just come and help. You know, you don't talk to them, or you're not friendly with them per se. What about you? What so about Beth. Beth is always going to be leave for work really really early mm-hmm. so that if she needs to be like on the tube or in the car that is not busy doesn't mm-hmm. want to be around lots of other people because then you can have an unfortunate incident mm-hmm. um, but I think relatively similar in that she I don't think really socialises much outside the department mm-hmm. very much has like a safe space a comfort zone mm-hmm. of like good at the job likes the job has a couple of good network people mm-hmm. but it has no interest in really making a big 
attention and getting mm-hmm. other parts of the business. She doesn't want to change job, and like she has a friend who has, she has lunch with and is That's very right. happy mm-hmm. with, and is is so generally has meetings with the same people all the time. Is mm-hmm. never really interacting with anyone very new. Okay, good, good, good. No, I like that. So, in terms of the actual prime superheroes, what would you say is the most maybe not annoying thing, but what's the most notable thing you know about these? primary superheroes so I'm talking about people who have like x-ray vision how can shoot jets out of water or fire you know the proper like haha kind of ones what do you guys think about them well, because Beth works in legal, she thinks that they are highly inconsiderate people <laughs> who do not take account of all of the reports she writes advising that it would be really good to cut their costs from 200 million down to a much more reasonable 100 million <laughs> to meet their budgeting figures. And if only Superman didn't feel the need to showboat and throw <laughs> the, the enemy robot into the, why can't you throw him into the sea rather than into the, the skyscraper? That would really make her life easier mm-hmm. so Beth very much is coming from a position of resentment and I think she's had in her younger years people point out to her that if it wasn't for her hay fever she might have a cool power right. like it's been, that has been said but she can't do anything about it she has tried so yeah. she really I think she has quite a lot of resentment but yeah. doesn't ever actually speak to them in person it's always yeah. like over email or, or on a conference <laughs> call so she never really sees the real them. She just deals with their shit. Um, you then? Yeah, I think Dread like also agrees with this sort of sort of view of them, sort of a condescending view of like she sort of sees them as dude bros who like she'll call them up and like superhero Superman will have been out drinking late last mm-hmm. night and she'll be like, okay, you've got to go to this fire on such and such a place, and they're like, oh, can't you send like can't you send Waterboy instead? <laughs> And she'll be like, no, you're the best person for the job and I know it. And um, they'll be really annoying. And then when they do finally get to the job, like much in the same vein as Beth's annoyance, she's like, well, they could have saved so much time and so much collateral damage by doing it this way because Mm. I saw that that could be done. I don't know if she was watching the news footage or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, she just gets annoyed that, you know, she does give them any hints or tips they ignore her because she's just a superhero coordinator and not yeah you're not one of the the big ones even though she knows that her power could be so useful that she just can't enact it herself Okay, so then I'd say for both of you, then maybe an aspect is that you do have some sort of not grudge, but you are what's, what's the word you use? You said resentment. Some, yeah, you have a little bit of resentment towards these the prime superheroes. All over the media, one of the prime superheroes, after capturing a villain, was caught saying some unsavoury oh. commenting oh. and like an <laughs> inappropriate behaviour towards. Complete, oh, they're like children. Yeah, it was, and it was really horrible. You know, it was sexist it was you know it was all sorts of things off the scale so HR have brought in all the main superheroes to do compulsory sensitivity training (laughs) (laughs) on on the sixth floor and um you would have got it from sort of the, the head of HR who's called um, a person called Jacques and Jacques is like oh, I cannot believe this uh, a bloody ace he he just he just says these things and he does not think he's a stupid stupid person but uh, but uh, I I have to bring them in for this unfortunately all the prime superheroes we need and the only people we have left in the, in the office is, uh, is you and, uh, and, and the kindred 
can you man the desks and sort of be in reserve in case anything happens? It's a Wednesday, you know, it won't be anything too big. He, he does say that there's always like a team of three people that get sent out mm. that you should know about. And there's only two of you in the office. He said, I can, I can get one of these people who has done the sensitivity training to come with you if you need to, but there shouldn't be any need to. Would you be willing to be the reserves on this? Kendra's currently breathing into a paper bag. It's <laughs> all of the things that could possibly go wrong in this situation. You are very overwhelmed with this email. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's not too sure, but she equally doesn't know if like, she would tolerate a superhero. Like, If they were to be called out, she doesn't know how well she would tolerate being mm-hmm. with one of the prime guys. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Because Beth isn't the brightest spark, mm-hmm. she decides to trust Jack just because they're more senior than her and they've mm-hmm. been around, they know these people and she literally just focuses and tells herself that nothing will happen and nothing will come of it and reassures herself. She can write it on her CV that she was in her, <laughs> that she doesn't have to do anything and she just keeps telling herself that and is completely completely shutting down her brain to the option that there is any way that she'll actually have to do anything. Because that's what Jack has told her. Yes. She's like, I, I like that. Reality. Excellent. Wednesday. Um, and you sort of both meet in the sort of, I'd say, the, the lobby area. And it's one of those, the LSB, you can imagine, it's, it's typical superhero. <laughs> so there's like golden letters like LSB. Mm-hmm. You know, it's beautiful white marble, circular room. Mm-hmm. And there is like a, a, a front desk where you would sit, but, you know, stupidly, the superhero phone is in the middle on a pedestal, nowhere near the desk. <laughs> <laughs> So you sort of, you, you both, I guess, sort of sit there. Um, there's, like, lifts to the other floors and stuff like that. Are you guys doing anything in the meantime? Like, I'd, I'd say it's just gone nine just now. I'd like to think that, like, kids are sort of watching a quiz show on TV, like, I don't know, <laughs> The Cube or something, <laughs> and just predicting, like, okay, yeah, so the real answer is million, but he's going to say Google. <laughs> like, whenever that happens, uh, like... Uh, Beth is just like every time (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think that that, that Beth would be feeling very overwhelmed at this point and so like because she ain't so smart and is out of comfort zone just following Kindred's lead a bit and Mm -hmm. it's like okay so we're here and we're watching a show and nobody's telling us we're in trouble for watching a show so we'll just sit and we'll watch the show everything's fine it's like the first half an hour nothing really happens or anything you get the, the lifts or the pings open and a uh, a person steps out and they're dressed very smartly uh, sort of combed back hair and they come up and they're like um i assume this is the lsb the london superhero bureau um i've got an appointment with uh, jack palmer uh the 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 hr here uh they should be expecting me And that, like, Kendra's just like, shit, should I email him or should I call him? Or maybe, like, maybe I could just go to his office instead and it's quite a lot of things to have to think about. But, like, all of them seem to end up in the in the same, yeah. So, yeah, you, you, of, you, know that, you know that Jack is currently performing the sensitivity training on the sixth floor all day. Uh, and he said strictly no disturbances mm-hmm. because how serious this, this thing is. Being a bit more forceful, mm-hmm. Beth is like... <laughs> <laughs> She's not the most, like, socially aware person in the universe. And it's just like, yeah, he's busy. And then and then Kendra's like, busy. <laughs> but you just said that. And I, I, I feel like she wouldn't 
offer any options. She wouldn't be like, do you want me to go and get him or something? She'd just be like, no, I, he's busy today. Yeah, I'm ruining your nose a little bit. She'd just be like, you don't have an appointment. Well, on closer inspection, they, they are a woman. But again, very slick back hair, very sort of like Andronicus look mm. to them. And they go, oh, well, that's, that's a shame because um, I'm performing the review today about the headquarters. I'm sure you've seen on the, on the news that um, after this whole you know outbreak with um, the social viral stuff with with Ace, you know, calling that poor, poor villain uh, a you-know-what, that uh, the government has decreed to have a whole in-depth review of this institution, and that's why I'm here today. I'm here to do an in a review of this place. Kindred's very nervous about this thing. <laughs> She's like, um, uh, and she decides that probably the best course of action is to stall her as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she's like, uh, uh, can I, uh, we have some drinks. If you want a drink, sit down, that would be good. So we have uh, a lot of options, actually. <laughs> a lot of Coffee, there's orange juice or apple juice, pineapple, milk, some water, I think. At this point, Beth interrupts her as for can you do another day? <laughs> and that would be our only contribution. So I say with you, I'm going to give you an. I'm going to compel you to do an aspect. So that's going to be you're on edge around this person. And if you take it, that's fine. Um, I'll give you a fate point to spend later. If you don't take it, I'll ask for a fate point from you. So uh, yeah, I'll take it. I mean, she's pretty nervy anyway. So. <laughs> that's fine. But you're on edge around this person, so you keep that for now. Got it. So this this person is like, look, I and shows you their badge, and their badge uh, says um, Associate Edith Brock from the Department of In-Depth Reviews of the Government. And they say, look, it's very important that we get this done. The government has declared this as a sort of in-house emergency. Like, we use superheroes to you know, save the day around the capital and around the UK, and it's vital that we can trust you guys. And I need to do this in-depth review today. It needs to be done today. Seeing as Kindred's on edge already, mm-hmm. it's sort of, I think that would have the effect of sort of narrowing down her options mm. to the point of where like she's just so nervous she's like okay I'll do what she says so she's like okay. yeah, uh, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll show you around instead of excellent fine. I've actually not been sent to be around the institution although I would like a tour maybe towards the end of the day it's actually to go out into the field with superheroes to uh, to go on missions and see how well they perform are you going on missions and, you, like, and she starts writing down Beth like, immediately like, says no <laughs> Note of it. <laughs> I note of it in the thing. And Kim just like, well, well, um, well, we we are on um, we're we're on standby. If the phone rings, then yeah, yes, that 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 would be us. We would we would have to go. Thanks, Joinson, and says the phone won't ring. <laughs> As you say that, the phone rings in the centre of the centre of the thing. I need someone to roll me a one d ten. Yep, that's your d ten. Six. Six. So it rings, and you all look around expectedly. Um, You can foresee already uh, picking up the phone that it's going to be a very panicky phone call with the manager of the local bank saying that they're undergoing an armed robbery (gasps) right this second, and they need reinforcements from the LSB. And you can see this, like, yeah. <laughs> she just looks at Beth and she's like, so, <laughs> so I'm guessing that, that if that's what Kindred is doing, mm-hmm. so Beth is like, reaches for the phone yeah. and Kindred is like, 
bad idea. Then Ben stops reaching for the phone and they both just look at Edith. <laughs> okay, ringing phone is going off as an aspect in the centre of the room. Okay, um, Edith is like, should, should, one of you, should one of you get that? It's not stopped ringing. Edith has prompted me. I sort of like, yeah, and like, she's like, keeps shaking me. Her friend's like slipping out of her hands. They're so sweaty. She's like, hello, even though she knows what's well, exactly. about to be said. So as, as you go, you, you can hear sort of in the background sort of gunshots and, and it's like, hello, hello, I need someone to come to, to the bank. I, there's, there's a robbery ongoing progress. Please send, please send you. And it gets cut off. Beth says to Edith, I'm sure it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I sort of look at Edith. Thinking just like, oh gosh. <laughs> you would be aware that Jack said if you ever needed any help, you can call in one of the primary superheroes from upstairs who oh. have done the very and usually as you know you take three superheroes on training with you it looks like uh, Edith will come along and review you guys or review oh. the, the superheroes as you're doing this so does, what do you guys do? Know, does she know sort of what options she has in terms of superhero can she like foresee any like better choice and perhaps roll to see how well she yeah. is um, sure I say then in that case Make a sort of careful roll. You take all four dice, mm-hmm. and then you get your name stat, which was, I think that was a... Was that a plus two. Plus two. So you roll the dice, and that will be... thing. I will say that this is... Because you're on edge, it's going to be about four difficulty, so you need to either tie with four or higher okay. to succeed. And the positives count for one, and the negatives count for mine. Yeah, so they'll, count, they'll cancel each other out if needed. So okay. You'll see. Okay, so you get a plus one in total there. Oh, I got a three. Three, and it was a four, so you fail. So currently, because you're on edge, you are like, oh my god, oh my god. So once you've rolled, you can then invoke one of your aspects that you've gone here to add plus two to roll. And I think because of your concept of being able to you work with superheroes, you know which one to take, mm-hmm. you can use that. And to do that, you need to spend a fate point, mm-hmm. and then you get plus two to your roll. Okay, well... Or you, or you can re-roll the dice, it's one of those two. Um, yeah, I just, like, because if I add two, then I... I you would succeed anyway. Right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm already, like, I got, the, I got the fate point from being on edge with you. Yeah, so... It's only fair, really. So yeah, but... yeah, you pay that back. Mm. That's fine. So you can think of a couple of people that come to mind uh, off the top of your head. Maybe people like some. There's Metallica who can turn anything into a solid metal at will, mm-hmm. so they can like change the floor into like grabbing people and then holding them in place. Okay. There's a few people that can f- f- shoot out some elements from their hands, so like water that would be sort of jet, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's laser shoots lasers uh, Rhino who's very strong and uh, Needle who's someone who has like spikes okay so like from what Kindred knows about um, her superheroes she reckons Metallica would be the best option mm-hmm. but I think she's quite used to getting input from Beth on most yes, decisions absolutely. so that she can like be sure in her choice so she's like Beth Beth, Beth there's there's, there's this jet, he's got water, and then needles would be quite useful. But I, I, I think if if we take Metallica, then 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 she'd be good. Can, should 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 we take her? Can you can you just say? 
Beth's logic, because Beth doesn't know the individual superheroes very well, is solely going on how much of a bollocking she's going to get from her boss Mm -hmm. after this. So he's very keen to avoid a laser person, because laser people always make much too much damage (laughs) and trouble, and the lasers get out of place, and then limbs keep falling off. So she's agrees with Dredd that that actually like just changing the floor and holding on to the people Mm -hmm. and that sounds like the most risk adverse Mm -hmm. way they could go Mm -hmm. in the immediate moment doesn't want any like drownings or fires or accidental (laughs) deaths so that's the entire basis of her Uh, so you want to to call up Jack or to go and try and get Metallica to come with you to this test. Mm. There is obviously an equipment locker here. Mm. And so, is there anything you want you would like to take on this mission with you? Edith sort of said, I'll go whenever you're ready and sort of sits down at a small bench and starts writing notes out. Oh, God, kid is just sweating. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> she goes like to the locker, like watching, mm-hmm. watching Edith, and like she's clearly just like completely and utterly frazzled by this whole experience. So she's like, uh, uh, and then she gets like she just grabs like the most inopportune stuff like she okay. picks up like I don't know something completely so I say that like a life jacket <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say maybe roll for clever okay. for me and I'd say you're still on edge so that will still increase your thing so I'd still say it's four just now okay okay so, yeah, so I got one, one on that. and then plus for so three. three, you can spend a fate point to, to get something, or I can tell you what you sort of find and what you pull out, and that can be used at some point. Okay, yeah, no, let's see, what, she, what does she get? So there's lots of things that you think, oh, ropes, no, 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 and there's like some random sort of weird things, there's like a, like a, like a bleepy thing you've never seen before, uh, there's like a rubber ducky for some reason, there's a few bits and pieces, but they're all sort of all over the shop, mm-hmm. so what, what do you think? Um, okay, so like... I guess maybe, like, she's got two hands, she'll grab two things. Two things, yeah. So, like, I think, like, the rope seems like an okay option. She's like, yeah, this seems fine. Mm-hmm. But then she also grabs the rubber duck because <laughs> of course, it's like, of course. this seems fine. Those are two things you've got as aspects in the next scene. Uh, what about you, Beth? What are you thinking of doing to prepare, I guess? You can look in the, in the, in the locker as well if you want to take something. Beth will have grabbed a bulletproof vest, mm-hmm. mostly copying... What what Trez has already looked at, looked at the life vest, and then thought a bulletproof vest is probably a good idea, mm-hmm. and then decides not to pick up anything else because she's worried that she could lose it, and then she'll get in trouble for not returning all of the inventory to the locker. She's not really sure what they're allowed to take anyway. Right. And Beth's character at the moment seems to be quite defined by not wanting to get in trouble later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's absolutely fine. So I'm going to give you a bulletproof vest. I guess one of you rings up sort of Jacques and he's like well, I, I, I suppose um, we can send Medallica down uh, he has a few bits of whispering uh, you see sort of the lift has gone up to 6th floor and it comes back down and door opens uh, what does Metallica look like? short and stout short and stout? okay long hair like all the way down to like the ground do you think? or to like yeah like pretty long enough that she can like Whip it back and forth. But not so long that it gets in her way, because I feel like she's probably to the point and quite forceful. Don't think the most socially considerate person. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that Metallica particularly has noticed or cares Mm -hmm. that Beth and Dredd are very 
anxious and uncomfortable in the situation. I think Metallica is solely looking at it as I'm the lucky son of a bitch who managed to get out Out of of training. training, And they are going to take as long as they possibly can to deal with this bank problem so they don't have to come back. So, yeah, Metallica comes down. I say the thing that always always strikes you about Metallica, again, even though she is short and, and a little bit stout, but, you know, the long hair, it's, it's a long silver mane, basically. Ooh. And you, you say before, like, she's very blunt and to the point, but her whole hair, like, it could, like, stab someone. And she sort of goes, so, you guys need me? Uh, it's sort of like a bit of a smirk, yeah. She's, <laughs> yeah, I think, and you probably get that an- animosity too because she, you just do not like yeah, the like, way uh, she is with you. And it's sort of Edith sort of goes, oh, so yeah, you must be Metallica, and it's like snow down and Metallica's like, who the fuck is this? Like, mm-hmm. and Edith quickly explains that, oh, I'm here to do the endeavor. You know, blah 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 blah, bureaucrat, bureaucrat talk. Metallica pff, does not care, does mm-hmm. not give a shit about this person. Is there anything else you want to do before you leave Twitter the bank? Uh, no, Kim is just beside herself. She just wants to get the situation like over and done with. Yeah, yeah Beth similarly believes the sooner it is resolved and they get back to their normal days, the, the better, better everything is. You're no longer on edge anymore because I think you've sort of calmed down a little bit now. Yeah, because um, you've suddenly got used to like, okay, so this is now happening, and you've you know you've got uh, Beth there as well to sort of you. So you get to the bank. Um, what's the first thing you notice about the bank? Chaos. Uh, absolute chaos I think there are probably like several different doors and sort of passages open so immediately Kindred's like oh good god like who's coming from where like what will happen if we go down this corridor what will happen if we go down that corridor Mm -hmm. where are people going to come from Mm -hmm. yeah and what about you Lucy is there anything that that strikes you about this place other than the chaos that's happening I think that she's very unimpressed with like their security measures because, <laughs> like you say, all of the doors are open. Yeah. Everything, every single security door has been unlocked. So she's thinking like, "Is was this bank?" I think a tiny part of her brain, which is too stupid to really think about it, is wondering maybe if there was an inside element because mm-hmm. it looks like a little bit too easy. That there's like there's chaos everywhere, yeah. but you can't see like any of the robbers have actually been apprehended at all. Mm-hmm. It's, it, they've been very successful. Yes, yeah, so there's absolute chaos. There are people running out of the building. It doesn't look like there's any police that's arrived on the scene yet. So that again, maybe you suspect that something's happened, and mm-hmm. you know that the bank manager who, who phoned you, their phone call got cut off. Mm-hmm. So you and having a quick look around, the people that seem to have come out just seem to be civilians. And Metallica sort of waits and says, "All right, well, what's the plan, guys?" I suppose you're in charge of this mission. <laughs> uh, and Edith's just sort of there in the background, well, making notes. So. She just like, as the dispatcher, she feels like she pre- she she knows like what they should usually take action with first and foremost. But she's like very overwhelmed with it. I guess she needs to sort of know what the options for her are. Okay. She like would like Metallica to take the lead, and <laughs> it makes most sense for Metallica to like cover off any exits okay. and yeah make sure that we're not letting the robbers escape and also minimize like civilian casualties okay. um so like herd the civilians onto one side that would be i guess one person's job and then like metallica could sort of take the lead in finding and coordinating like grabbing the bad guys with mm-hmm. the so i'd say then i need you to make me a clever role and you're not on edge anymore so it's only going to be a two to to pass on this oh i have plus two clever anyway okay but then it, yeah so you managed to do that 
even, would even better. Anyway. You would pass anyway, it's fine. You'd probably take a moment, because usually when you talk to these superheroes, you're on the cons to them. But now you've got Metallica, who you've only spoken to like maybe once or twice, perhaps, looking directly at you, looking completely unimpressed. And you're like, you need to go cover the exits. Do your sort of thing to block them up with the, the metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, just go around the building, leave only one. And she's like, fine, I can do that. What are you, what are you guys going to do then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beth's biggest concern right now is that Edith is a complete bureaucratic nobody and <laughs> so is not very f- wants Metallica to deal with the robbers mm-hmm. because she doesn't ever go on these missions mm-hmm. and it's like you do your bit and it's like but nothing can happen to Edith because she's worried that mm-hmm. if, if a robber manages to get hold of Edith then they're going to get a terrible report mm-hmm. and it's going to be a complete failure and she'll get a bollocking for not taking care of the thing. So she's quite um, being a bit narrow-minded. Okay. That's her only concern right now is that it doesn't go massively wrong. She doesn't care how they go about making it better. So in that case, then, different kinds of actions you can take. So usually there's sort of um, overcome is what's what we've been doing just now. So you overcome planning stuff and everything like that. You're probably trying to do is create an advantage. Mm-hmm. You're trying to create a new situation aspect. Ooh. So yeah, so you can create an advantage in where... Edith will be safe at some point. Mm. I guess you're trying to be clever in oh. respect. I'm trying to be clever. I don't you think are. I'm doing very well. No, it? and I, I, as a result of that, I think it's going to be a. Uh, it's going to be probably be a four to pass. Okay. So again, so you would roll the four dice first, uh, plus your clever thing. So mm-hmm. you get from the dice, you get a plus one. And I'm only plus one. <laughs> so you got two. You can uh, spend a fate point that so you've mm. got three of there to have a plus two, mm-hmm. or uh, you can re-roll your dice. Well, I will okay. fate point. Fate point. Thank you. I didn't expect it to bleed so much. <laughs> so what are you trying to do with Edith? So Edith is happy to just um, like stay back, but is there anything you want particularly to make sure that she is safe or like is hidden in cover or? I want her as distracted as possible oh, because okay. I think that Beth is very concerned with how Metallica has proceeded already. Right. It seems to be quite a blasé, not conforming with, as far as she's aware, their very... like The only thing that she knows about how superheroes do things is that there is always a plan and there is always an execution and she does not like that this apparently professional superhero is asking them what they mm. should... She's like, you should know what she's doing so decided just wants to talk to Edith about like mm-hmm. he's trying to distract her and it's like so what do you do at the weekend and Edith is like but we're at a bank robbery yeah. and again because Beth isn't very smart she's just like happens <laughs> like, her goal is just to distract while the rest of it can be sorted okay so I'd say then that you managed to sort of just like so uh, how did you get into the line of work? You know, mm-hmm. like sniffing a little bit, like dr- you know, maybe a little bit of snot. And a bit of dribble. Edith yeah. doesn't really want to talk to me. I look ill and I'm... Yeah, you look awful. So she's completely like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, that's, it's sort of that polite uh, niceness about it. So she's mm-hmm. currently distracted. Mm-hmm. Metallica's like, all right, it might take me like a couple of minutes to go like go do all the windows and stuff. Because it's, it's, luckily it's only like a, a first floor bank. It's not like mm-hmm. loads on the roof or anything like that. And then what, I just go in or are you coming with me? Um, I think now that Dred's here and she feels like she can be our assistant, she does want to come with come her. All right. And she's quite sneaky, so just takes a little like micro step behind Metallica. So <laughs> she's like, she's she's there, but she's trying to make herself as unseen as yeah. possible. Like if they do come across the robbers, maybe assess as she goes along and sees 
what ha- what's happening and okay. like what her options are. Metallica is quite quick, so she's managed to go and, and like she does her thing. Yeah. Where she sort of she does a she does a flip, slides up like the bars on the window become like fully. Well, it looks it it looks flashy and forceful as hell. Like <laughs> and you're like mm, very good, very good. Um, thanks to your distraction, Edith doesn't really see like you know it, it like it starts happening and there's a little bit of noise. And stuff, mm. but Edith's like sort of so. Um, yeah, you know, the, 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 you know, governments, you know, cutbacks and blah 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 and budgets, and you're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The only entrance that's open now is the main entrance, and so you both sort of go to either side of the door, like Metallica looking more superhero than you. You probably go, oh, oh, you know, there's no more people running out. And Metallica's like, okay, on three, we're gonna go in. If anyone I see, I'll just do my thing. I need you to be my lookout. She's kind of realised that she's going to have to take control. Because, again, you maybe suspect that she's more of a support character as well. Mm. Three, two, one, and into the bank. It looks very generic, sort of like a Gotham bank. So you've got large arches, you've got like uh, teller's windows. There's a quick flash, again, using your superhero ability, you can spot there's probably about three people just about to open fire on you. What would you like to do? Will our heroes make it out the bank alive? Will the LSB pass the government's routine health and safety inspection? And will the Prime superheroes make it through their sensitivity training? Find out next time on What Am I Rolling? The What Am I Rolling podcast was created, recorded and edited by me, Fiona Howitt. This episode's players were Evelyn Goodall and Lucy Edland. This episode's RPG one-shot was Fate Accelerated, or FAE, by Evil Hat Productions. You can find out more about FAE on the Evil Hat Productions website. That's www.evilhat.com. The theme music was 8-Bit March by Twin Musicon of twinmusicon.org, licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. If you want to find out more about the podcast, check out the website. That's www.wairpodcast.com. Fancy getting in touch? Email the podcast at whatamirollingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at WAIR underscore podcast for latest news on upcoming episodes. Remember, adventurers need not apply.